Hey Kurt, this is Richard Wilson from Mad Shelley Films, and we have a message for you. This, this is, is Mad Shelley Films, and, and you're listening to Inspirado Projecto Radio. It's now December 1st, the 1st of December. Some might consider this rent day. Uh, last night, we celebrated Rob Jones, a.k.a. Sailor Hawkins' birthday, over at the arena in Simi Valley, which is where Yachtly Crew has played on a number of occasions. And that was a lot of fun. Now I am returning a vehicle. Over here, I realized I've been standing on the wrong side of the street, so I missed two buses. My next one is coming up in three minutes, it says here. Let's see, let me check this app again. Just make absolute certain that I am on the correct side of the street. One minute away. Can I see it in the distance? Sometimes you can see it in the distance. One minute away. Let's see. Let's see if that arrives. I'd like to believe it will. Uh, this episode um, is from the day after Thanksgiving, actually. This uh, happened at with uh, Craig Spivak. And he invited me over there to Abby Schockner's house. And so she was having a get-together of a bunch of different comedians who have met each other through, through the years out there on the circuit, the open mic circuit, comedy clubs and such. So they were there. Uh, and so you'll hear... Me getting lost in the hallways. You'll hear some poems, because she writes poems. And so she had Craig Spivak read them, and she read along on some of them. And uh, then you'll hear a conversation with me and Craig. And you'll hear other people talking in the background, but it's kind of like one of those choose-your-own-adventure conversations where you get to choose which conversation you want to listen to. Is it going to be the one between me and Craig or the people in the background? It's totally up to you, which means each time you listen to it, you'll hear a different conversation, right? Because you'll maybe concentrate on one the first time, maybe you concentrate on a different one another time. Oh, also at the top of the hour here, we have uh, another piece. I think I still have two, two or three pieces left from a wonderful conversation I had with Spencer McCall, uh, the mastermind, the genius, the director of... The Institute. If you ever get a chance, check out that documentary. And it's no secret. He's already talked about it before. Um, Jason... Ah, what's the name? He used to be on Freaks and Geeks. I think he wrote one of the new Muppet movies. He, uh... He's been working on adapting the, mov- the, the movie into a TV show, actually. Oh, here comes the bus. Here comes the bus, little darling. Here comes that bus. And I will say, it is all right. It is all right. Do, 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 do. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. We're not on the bus today. So yeah, you'll hear an interview with Spencer McCall. So yeah, Spencer McCall, um, you'll hear that at the top of the hour, which is actually right after I'm done talking here. So uh, thank you for listening. And uh, there is there are more shenanigans arriving sooner, sooner than later.
see you later. So, uh, dog cloning company. Yeah, yeah, it was really weird. Um, so, anyway, I lost that job, but had gained like so much experience doing like video and editing and stuff like that that uh, hit Craigslist, and that's when I saw these really cryptic posts seeking like, um, you know, I forget the exact terminology, but it was as if the Jejun Institute was a, a true new age organization seeking a videographer and it's like okay uh <laughs> so i wrote to them and i'm like here's some of the work i've done and just get like a curt email back oh great okay you're hired um here's like a we'll send you a hard drive and we need you to edit this thing so i started doing that and then eventually kind of like helping to write some of them but never really meeting anybody until like years later so just through like emails and Totally, yeah. A and, mysterious force. And, hey, oh, and I have some more coffee. Thank you. I love the coffee here. Um, yeah, you're making me one. So good, so delicious. It was like thick. I'm a thick. It, it is kind of. It is kind of. Um. So anyway, I did that for a while, and then would get things like, um, "Do you have any friends who are actors?" And so we like recruit in some of my actor friends, and, um, and then I'd start doing some of it, and then towards the end of like this maybe like two years of help, two to three years of like helping to build these things. Um, I was told, all right, it's closing, it's ending. I kind of like met, met the people behind it and uh, helped put on this final seminar event. Um, and then at the end, it just like radio silence, everybody disappeared. And I'm left with a hard drive of like a bajillion hours of footage Whoa. that I had partially shot and some of it was stock footage and all this. And I started looking at it and at this point, even I still didn't know the full extent of, like, what this story was. So I emailed one of, the, one of the aliases and was just like, hey, can I do something with this? And they're like, knock yourself out. Wow. And so I started, like, reaching out to the people that I'm seeing in some of this footage. And um, some I had interacted with before. And I'm like, can I just interview you and get your, your take on this whole, like, three and a half year experience Oh, my God. And they're like, sure. And so I did have to, like, reshoot a lot of, like, walkthroughs of locations. Um, but were, so were some of those locations still existing? Or did you use footage that was there um, previously? 50-50. Uh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Thank you. Um, some still existed, some didn't. And so I'd have to, like, track down any time there was footage that was taken. Um, if it was still there, then I could do a walkthrough. But it was just a matter of, like, doing these. I did probably, like, 20... Um, tw 20 different six hour interviews with, with different people who this became a big part of their life and then you know you sit down with uh, you know bajillion hours of footage and you just kind of like alright this is their story this is all the junk that's not really relevant and then do I have do I have footage that I can like show to illustrate what they're talking about um, you know flowchart it's like yes then use like no is it still there try to shoot it wow no. can you recreate it like it's and a then a lot of motion graphics and stuff um which that was also a job i had for a while was doing like motion graphic design um so i was able to do a lot of that myself with all those interviews and all that stuff i mean how like how long did it take for you well from when you started editing it to going okay this is the thing i need to focus on because there's this, a lot that's, there. I mean, that's sort of going back to what I was saying earlier. It's like, it just, once I got into that flow state, it just started, like, making itself. 
um, where, you know, I still had like a day job at like a tech company, like just doing tutorial videos that were really like really boring and like soul crushing, but it was a day job. And, and I always hate when people are like, don't, don't quit your day job kind of thing. It's like, fuck no, I won't quit my day job. Like, how would I be able to do any of this stuff if I didn't have a day job? You know, how would I be able to go to auditions if I wasn't a waitress? Um, anyway, that's just a little pet peeve. Um, I think day jobs are super, super important. Uh, but anyway. And the beautiful thing is you could do them simultaneously with your passions. Exactly. See, a lot of people think it's one or the other. You know, there's this weird myth out there that, you know, it's like one or the other. Right? Oh, I'm, come on, I'm so exhausted. <laughs> well, sometimes your passion the energy you get from wanting to create something outweighs and outvalues the, you know, oh, I got to go to sleep right now. <laughs> and that, <laughs> was, that was it for me. Um, so, yeah, it was I'd come home from the day job and, all right, get to work and I'm going to be editing this until like two. And I'm so sure I, while you're at work, you're, you're getting, you know, boop, 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 yep, certain yep. revelations are popping up. You're going, oh, okay, okay. Yep. Yeah, that's how they can fit together. Yes. Yeah, and what an exciting puzzle to try to fit together. That's totally what it's like. Uh with like a documentary is it's like assembling like a puzzle piece but you don't necessarily know what the final image is going to be you just know that like uh this picture of a flower fits with this picture of a flower yeah 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 um that's that's very much how like i think a doc is and i think that approach to documentary filmmaking has actually like really skyrocketed recently where you'll see a doc and it, it starts off as one thing and then there's this crazy pivot moment mm, so mm -hmm. like you know the lance armstrong doc about like doping where all of a sudden like the guy he's interviewing the doctor is like on the run and like now the documentary has to go down anyway um, yeah like exit through the gift shop where you go oh what huh what's going yeah, on here and, this, then, and then now you're looking at it through a different lens where you're like okay i can't look at this through the same thing i was looking at before um and the institute is not just there isn't like it doesn't feel like there's that one pivot point there are multitudes of pivot points where you're going okay and you know to look at it this way and look at it that way so it's and, just it just keeps opening up well and with with like alternate reality games you know there's always uh, or even just video games there's npcs non-playable characters or or in arts there's plants like this is an actor standing on the street corner go up to him and hit the arrow key and have the conversation if you want to pay him the rubies or not. right <laughs> uh, so there there's definitely like a fair amount of that but um I kind of I kind of forgot what I was saying. Oh, but I know what I was gonna get at was that um, I started. I got married pretty young. I was twenty five, um, and and this is before you started. Before I started, all the, this yeah. craziness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was a great decision. I, I've been uh, our, my actually my eight year wedding. It's funny. My eight year wedding anniversary is tomorrow. Wow! On the twenty first. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we got married really young and. And uh, it was still, like, one of the best decisions I've ever made. But I did. I was 25, and I'm like, holy shit. I'm married and haven't, like, really done all of these big things that I wanted to do. So the fuel, the fire under my ass was, like... Oh, yeah. Like, the inverse of that is, I'm like... I get married and then immediately become like obsessed and negligent of this, this new like honeymoon phase. Like I'm like no 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 like I don't have time for dinner. I'm, I'm I'm working on this so much so that like you know six months into the marriage like there was there was some serious moments. Um, luckily, it's probably been the only time I've been like right in my marriage was. Uh, like years later like finally the only time i've been able to do this was like i told you so but the only time i've ever able to say this was like that
So it's day after Thanksgiving. I'm heading up to Abby's house where Craig is and a few other people. They're sort of having a post-Thanksgiving dinner get-together. They've invited me to come out and be a part of this. And I'm nearing... I'm nearing the address. Today's gum is sponsored by Trident. Bursting with more flavor. This is the cinnamon. 14 pack. 14 sticks. These are sticks. Let's see. Does it have natural flavors? That's my, my that's my question. Does it have natural flavors? Okay. I think I'm getting closer. Yesterday, Jenny and I went over to uh, her friend Amber's house, who made enchiladas. <clears throat> we played Cards Against Humanity, which is the first time I ever played it. And then Jenny just kept winning. Hashtag winning. Everybody was picking her suggestions. She was just winning. And then we decided to uh, play Uno. And that was a lot of fun. Uno is always a good choice. Um... I was going to say you can't go wrong. However, I would much rather say you can only go right. Wow. I'm passing by some interesting apartment complexes here that I don't remember seeing. Uh, but I don't know if they're old. I just haven't seen them before. Or they're brand new. In this town, you never know. You never really know. In this town, you never know. I'm getting close. I'm wondering if I should end this here or take you with me into the extravaganza as we open. I think I'll take you with me. Because why not, right? All right, here we go. There we go. Let's see what we can do here. Let's see what we can do. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is crazy. Here we go. Oh, hey, oh. Let's see. Let's see who answers the door. Here we go. Here we go. I just entered a room. There's a mirror here. There's a mirror in this room. Painting is on a wall. Looks like a Monet of some sort. Some magazines. This is quite an interesting place. Hmm. Okay. Look at every 
cool. Oh my god, this has such style to it. We gotta shoot something in here. We gotta shoot something in here. Oh my god, I gotta remember this. Oh, here we go. This is trick that. divulge this, but every time I'm in an elevator, I look for the ceiling. I look to see if I could climb through the ceiling in any way, like in Die Hard. And sure enough, looks like you can through this one. The tricky thing is when you get into the elevators where the ceiling is way up there. Hello. Hi. Is this the way to Abby's? Uh, I don't Do you know? know? Oh, okay. Gotcha. Oh my gosh. What an interesting hallway. Interesting hallway. Well, let's see. Uh, oh, okay, I see, I see. I was not supposed to come up to this floor. Wow, but boy, am I glad I did. This has such an interesting personality to it. What happens if I continue through this open Arch. Let's see. Wow. A lot of doors here and you just don't know. I mean, this thing just loops right back around. There's a stairwell. Should I take the stairwell? Let's do it. This is crazy. Whoa, dude. Here we go. You're going with me down the stairwell. There. This is one of those locations that it's like multiple locations in one. And, um, all right. Okay. Okay, I think I'm getting close. Okay. 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 Do I go down the hallway? Hold on, let's see what this does. Oh. Okay. It's got a curious smell in this hallway. Like cookies and some, some such. Okay, this is not where I needed to go. This is quite... Okay, I'm going the right way. I'm making progress here. Okay. Okay. Okay, interesting. Okay. Okay. I feel like I'm Is this place haunted? I wonder if this place is haunted. Huh. Maybe some of her friends will know. Wait. Let's see. Notice the storm must remain closed at all times. Okay, so that goes outside in the back. 
There's a little orange pine cone here holding it open. Okay. Okay. I think I'm reaching it. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I know some dragon the, stuff. That the dragon is dragon. No, you don't know this one. The dragon is dragon. His tail and his head. No, you do it. No, you're. No. I'll wait for. What's the title called? Dragon Dragons. Uh, dragon D R A G G I N apostrophe. Dragons. You want me? You want me? Yeah, let's do it. Are we looking at you or Craig? Well, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's Craig. We can just go back and forth. I'm not let's, much to look let's, at. Here's, let's let's do it like let's do it like badminton. I'll start it, then you pick it up, okay? Okay. The dragon is dragging his tail and his head. Uh oh, kaplunk! I think the dragon is dead. Howdy, I'm Dan. And my duty is dragging. I drag dead dragons, and I don't cheat with a wagon. So mostly, I drag them. I drag them by hand. Over the dunes and across fertile land, Dave kills the dragons. Dave is my brother. He uses an arrow or something or other. But I drag the dragons. Dragging dragons ain't easy. Gotta drag them away because they get kind of diseased. Sure, Dave gets the dinners, the dames, and the dances. Dave's done some traveling so he knows where France is. <laughs> I like to do Dave's job. But what are the chances? So I do my duty. I drag the dragons away. It may take a decade or a year or a day. And when the dragon is over, when that duty is done, I'll have to start digging in the dry summer sun. So I'm digging. This dragon, a very deep grave. It would be so much simpler if I had help from Dave. I've been digging for days. I'm finally done! But dragging and digging is only part one. So I dumped the dead dragon. Huh? I skipped the section. Oh. <laughs> I didn't. I, so I. Wait. I, it's okay. I, so 
So I dumped the dead dragon in this deep ditch I dug. And I sprinkle on dirt until he's nice and snug. And I think about Dave and the awards he's been given. But I'm pretty darn happy about this life I am living. Then I go visit my damsel and I eat a dessert. My damsel's Diane and we do tend to flirt. I tell her my stories about dragon eats dragon. For dozens of years, she says, Dan, you're just bragging. I can see how time's passing because Diane's skin is sagging. But my desire for her and it ain't no flagging. And as I depart the diner, I yell bye to Diane. And I go searching for Dave to see if we can kill a dangerous dragon. So I can drag it again. And that is my life. Dragon dragons defines me. I don't need dinners or awards to remind me. Because if I wasn't there to declutter the scene, folks would be down and unhappy, if you know what I mean. Despite all of Dave and my brotherly tussles, I dragged the dragons, dragons. So, so I'm, I'm the one with the muscles. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know. We could do Malcolm or Zippermouth Prince. Do I have that? Don't go on this like ten minutes long. I don't know. Ten minutes long. Six minutes. This one is here. 60 minutes long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get through the first piece. It'll be a slight break. Oh we'll have to repeat the first part again because of the break. And then it'll... Okay, <laughs> a night in the rain? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if I should do the same voice. I don't. You probably don't. It's a night. It's a night. And he's having problems with it. Oh. I liked a damsel. Okay. Yeah. A night in the rain. That ain't right said the knight, one June night in his bed, as he replayed the words that the princess had said. I'm sorry, my darling, but you aren't the one. You wear too much armor, and for me, that's no fun. Sure, you protect us, but I'm kind of bored. I want to be fought for, loved, and adored. That's the princess saying That's the princess saying that. Oh. Should I do a princess even? Probably. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking I'd step up, perhaps date a lord. Is this me? But I said that I loved you, bellowed. Wait, that doesn't work. I have to. I know. But I said that I loved you, bellowed the knight. I called you my lady, and I meant it all right. I defend this whole kingdom. My life is this place. Perhaps you're a princess who just likes the chase. Oh, please, said the princess. You know that's not true. But you clank when you walk. What's a woman to do? I'm sure you'll be faster if you weren't wearing that medal. Time passes so fast. And I don't want to settle. And she looked at the knight. I just need to be free to experience life the way I want it to be. The knight, how he tossed, how he turned in his bed, replaying the words that the princess had said. I should have held on. I should have begged for her hand. I should have convinced her that I'd rule the land. So the knight, that June knight, got up from his bed. He rode to the princess on horseback and said, Me lady, me lady. I'm out in the rain. We had a good thing. Don't throw it all down the drain. And while under her awning, the lightning zapped him. And because of his armor, electricity trapped him. He cried and he sobbed. He was angry. He cussed. But eventually, he turned to rest. So in the end, the princess was right. Because no one wants a rusty night. 
And scene. And scene. <laughs> Are you okay doing it? Yeah. This one needs help, but don't don't read. This this there's a couple of readers. Don't read what I, the new thing. I'll read the parts where. Put my money back. This show wasn't ready to go on. <laughs> <laughs> We're still in rehearsal. Here, yeah, we'll only see rehearsal. just read what was written here. Uh, I'm not good with notes, but yeah. don't read the notes. <laughs> And then down here, I'll catch you at the very end and help you do that one line. Oh my god! And then, and then you got it. So, uh, just don't read this stuff. Is what you're saying? Yeah, don't read. Just read. Read. What's here? Just read. Just read what I wrote. How much did you pay? How much did you pay? Put it down. Oh my god! Intimate poetry reading. Said. Intimate poetry reading. Okay, this will be the last one. Alphabet soup. Well, this is like brand new. No, I just take the old ones and I start printing. Well, no, it's a newer version. Oh. It still might not be better. I was just trying to take two versions. Yeah. There once was a giant who loved alphabet soup. He soup. loved it so much he would take a big scoop of the broth and the letters. He'd take a huge bite. And he'd gobble it up through the day and the night. He ate so many A's they poked at his side. For the R's and D's he had to open real wide. And the P's and the C's and the E's and the F's. He got so excited he forgot to take breaths. Yet every time he'd slurp and swallow, something really odd would follow. With each bite he swallowed, the giant turned smarter. He began reading books. He became a self-starter. His diction and grammar were total perfection. When he spoke, not a bloke could make a detection that he was even a giant except for the booming and the fact that their backs felt a cold shadow looming. He would spoon to the tune of his M's and his yums. His M's and his yums. He never once uttered a fee, fi, fo, fum. But after he ate, the whole town became mum. It's like their tongues and their lips and their brains became numb. Because each time they spoke, their words disappeared. Which, if you can imagine, is incredibly weird. The townsfolk were people like you and me. They needed their words to speak and be free. But each time the giant ate his soup, their words turned into gobbly goop. But for some lucky reason, they were still able to write. Words were hard to remember, but on the page came out right. So the townsfolk decided to put it all down. They wrote a decree from their village and town. They wrote down the things that would have been said if the giant had not made their words all go dead. See, giants by nature are really quite dumb, but eating alphabet soup made ours an intelligent chum. To load up on soups, he was swift and tenacious. With each bowl he ate, he'd say, my goodness gracious. He used words like aroma and words like delicious. He'd finish each bowl saying, very nutritious. Then he'd start on another and say, my, how stupendous. The townspeople thought, this giants will end us. He thinks he's a genius. He thinks he's enlightened. For miles around, security was heightened. And naturally, folks were terribly frightened. They wanted their words. Ooh, hang on. Sorry for boring you. It's almost over. They wanted to speak. Writing their thoughts made their hands feel real weak. Their paper and pencils and gallons of ink were running out fast, so they had to think. Let's kill the giant. What's the point? Why be nice? He stepped on my sister. We don't have to think twice. Let's avenge all the people that he almost killed. Every time that hot soup spilled. <laughs> ah, wrote another. 
We will never defeat him. He's the size of a building. Perhaps we should treat him with utmost respect and understanding, as long as his tongue's not the place where we're landing. <laughs> they thought and they scribbled until they finally decided. We'll approach as a team, as a whole not divided. So the townsfolk wrote the giant a letter, stating, We know a soup that you might like better. How about chicken, or pea, or tomato? Or something more hearty like meat and potato? <coughs> you may lose the letters, but you won't lose the flavor. Perhaps you could help us with this small little favor? The giant paused. As he read that note, he felt a tightening in his throat. When he finished reading, he put down his spoon. What if I stop and become a big goon? I know it sounds silly, but I enjoy being smart. I learned about history, science, and art. He was concerned what he learned would all fall apart. The townsfolk wanted to address his fears. But he started crying, which meant giant tears. So they climbed to their rooftops to avoid a flash flood. <laughs> then the giant sat down with a heart-heavy thud. He pulled out his hanky and blew his big nose. C'est la vie, as they say. I can change, I suppose. Down the hill of his cheek rolled one last wet tear. He sniffed and said, I'm glad you're all here. But if, you wouldn't mind. but if you wouldn't mind, could you help me please find more delicious recipes? <laughs> that night, the town folk came up with some dishes that would tickle his taste buds while fulfilling their wishes. Just like they promised, just like they said, they made him new soups, they baked him fresh bread, they made him clam chowder, potato, and leek, and finally they began to speak. The town's folk were thrilled, they rejoiced in each word. But strangely, the giant was never heard or seen again, besides constant slurping and between vats of soups, the occasional burping. It's great. Boom! A little bit longer. What's the title of that one? Alphabet Giant? I don't know. Alphabet Soup? I don't know. Maybe. So for this class, how long have you been in this class? Well, uh, two weeks. So I'm on lesson two. And the, les the new lessons come out every Monday. Hmm. And so I got a week to work through the stuff. So how long are you running And two weeks. Okay. So the second week is money. It's all about yeah. your relationship. Craig, so what's your relationship with money? Like oh, right. And so I, I have to sort of journal on that and break it down and go, you know, a deep dive on all the way back in terms of money and me. And of how you feel about money and how it's... You know, I guess in a sense, effect. treated you. Uh, through, yeah. yeah. How you view it? Uh, what? What was worth the money? What wasn't? What? What threw you? What? Uh, you know, any type of analysis you can think of. That's, that's kind of what I'm supposed to be doing. Because I'm supposed to be. I worked in In a way, I'm supposed to be divorcing myself from the money, but also realizing that I love money enough to to want to work towards it. Because a lot of the attitude is, I'm better than money. I'm an artist. I don't need to know money. I'm an artiste, you know, all that shit. Fucking Tony Costa shit. I'm an artiste, you know. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so happy to be here. This is so cool. This is so great. All these masterminds. And, um, no, you know, he brought me off my technical expertise. No, I'm just letting you know. I, have, I, didn't, I don't think I, I don't <laughs> so know if I hugged her when he came. Of course, of course. And, but I felt like I should, no, I know it had a farewell kind of feel, but no. Okay. <laughs> so I
Yeah, I, I mean, so I'm trying yeah, to gear shift out of that. that hey, yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, and I'm thinking back to... I'm going to give you some of this Waldorf salad. Okay. That was so delicious. Uh, what else do you want? I mean, I have turkey. You got the pie, you got turkey. I mean, only, only people don't want yeah, that pumpkin pie, I'll have some of that pumpkin pie. No, I turn on the heat. Oh, okay. Like, but one maybe one. it poofed out cold. That's what, 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 oh, the vents right there. Oh, maybe if no one's going to have it, they have pumpkin pie. Perfect. That looks delicious. Perfect. So, um, yeah, so baby. Those are so <laughs> good. So, um, are you finding that as you kind of go mentally um, through this stuff, you're able to... Because I assume this is having you like conquer your own demons, so to speak, concerning this stuff. Oh, it's bringing all sorts of horrible shit. And I'm trying to analyze it. I have to do it in very sparing increments. It will go on after the seminar is over. You know for a time. And, and then I have to make some big decisions in terms of, well, how much... Your time you want to invest in your art, and how much how much do you believe in yourself to sort of go for it and make some moves in terms of finances? And I kind of play games with myself. It's like, well, if you had ten grand, would you do a movie? Oh right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, really? You would? Well, I think I can get you ten grand, Craig. You know, I'm just me talking to me. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, oh shit. Okay, I see where you're going. So it's it's kind of it's teaching me to activate that side of my brain that's kind of the hustler, the opportunist, whatever, the, the playa. I don't know. And I've always sort of had judgments. Okay, I've had judgments in asking people for things. You know, you feel guilty about asking people for, for money or for their time or for uh, contacts and connections, you know, things like that. Um, for me, it always turned into a big head game. When I was in, back in the 90s, when I was in, Probably at the, the height, I guess you would call, so, of my uh, musicians I stuff. I was playing conga, I was doing sessions, all that crap, you know. But I wanted to sort of move forward and move ahead, you know. And I was friends with a guy from high school, and he had a major label contract, and I was just like trying to sort of get in on that. But I was hindered by my own sense of guilt in terms of, oh, I'm, I'm just mooching or whatever like that. Uh, but as it turns out, I like look back on that now with a little bit of analysis. Like, oh no, I was pretty implement, implementative in them producing their second record. I was pretty crucial. It wasn't like, Yes, they could have done it without me, but I, they had me there. And I was there for six weeks at Conway Studios, helping them record a full record for Geffen. And then they threw me out. <laughs> they threw me out. And I was, you know, I had prepped some Conga stuff in and whatever, you know, all that crap. And I look back on that, and I'm like, oh, that was me trying to actualize the money side of it. Because I was like, oh, but, you know, it's a major label, maybe there's money there, or just opportunity so that I can lead to money or something like that. And I just tore myself apart over all that stuff for years and years because I felt guilty, I felt like, I felt bad. I felt like I had used him, but looking back, I'm like, no, he the right really took me to the cleaners for the shit that I did. And, okay, I get it. Same thing, <laughs> that's same that's showbiz, you know. So I had to sort of 
consciously work past, and it, this class has helped me to work past myself in terms of feel, not feeling guilty for going after what you want, putting your money into things that you believe in, asking people for, for that that favor or whatever. I mean, I'm talking to you about Yali Crew stuff, and I'm like, oh, you know, just throw it out there. Right, right. They have the right to say no. It doesn't matter. They aren't gonna, it's always worth asking. They aren't going to have the decision if you don't ask. That right, kind of right. There's, there's concept of the ask there that I'm sort of. That's all it was for me. It's just, it's practice because I've never, never been able to be that guy, and I'm trying to be that guy so I can get something. It's funny when you test it out because you don't, you never know how it might loop around or how it might. You don't know. You know, if you think back to your own world, you know, you have to sort of I hate the pro- I hate take it apart in terms of, well, how did you get to where you are? I mean, you're doing, you're doing fantastic you're, you're with, like with, with the crew and with your, your film and Discovering Sunspace and the podcast and your Kapow. That's real actualized stuff. And it, you know what I mean? And at some point, though, you weren't, you weren't doing any of that stuff. So you can kind of, what you can do is just sort of retrace your steps and say... How did I get from here to there? Especially yeah. like if you're on, like I saw your footage from Music Box with the fireworks and the steam and the, you know, and, and, I, and the couple of the shots, you couldn't see it at first. One shot was just the crowd, right? The, the ground crowd. Oh, yeah, But then there's a shot from the stage or, or from up or something like that, and it's three-tier. Oh, yes. Yeah, and I was tiers. like, oh, my God, there's like three tiers of people looking down at Cardi. You know, I was like, oh, fucking awesome. It that was, was fucking nuts. That was fucking awesome. So, I, the footage was awesome. My fear is that and it's just standard Apple footage, but it's like, that's why I'm not. For you, I would say, I take that sense. moment. How did you get there? You're, you're playing the keyboards, and you're like, Jesus, look where I am. Yeah. Think about yeah. where you started. Yeah. What was that process like to get you from there to here, and how can you capitalize on that? How can you move that forward? That's what it is. Right. That's what I'm trying to I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to put that musculature together on my own, you know, so I'm like, I'm, I'm doing flappers on Sunday. I did, I did uh, Sunspace on Tuesday, and then that moment when I was playing Sunspace, I was like, how the fuck did this happen? Get there. there. I finally have a good crowd in front of me. They're believing in me. This is like, Craig, this is this guy. This is the actualization. And you have to sort of work backwards. How they led there. And and if you can do that sort of work, that's part of that that money game. That you need to examine. Well, what's interesting is the way that I can break it down and I can look at it is that, from my perspective, it looks like you simply followed your heart. You followed your instincts, and your instincts are what took you there. So that's what's so interesting is that I don't think like we're taught enough about the the importance of following our instincts, of following that resonance. Where, you know, it's usually climbing a mountain, and it's this big mountain you got to climb. But rarely do we ever hear the analogy of just simply following that calling. You know, oh, what's that sound? And you just follow it. And so what's interesting is that um, it actually is a, it's an easier sort of definition to kind of put in our brains than the one of climbing a mountain. Because with that, there's like, oh, obstacles and all this crazy stuff. Yeah, too ominous. It's a mountain, but if it's steps, if it's a journey. Yeah. Like Abby was just talking about, I don't have the the machinery of, of... he gave me his life of, of putting it all together. You, you're at the space of creativity. And that's important. And now it's what Neil said. It's like the worst is over. You've, you've created something quite brilliant. And I, I hope you hear it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's just the next, the next phase of the journey. It's not a mountain or anything like that. It's just a little next phase of that journey for you of building the muscles of just how to get it out there. But I've been sitting on that journey. 
they, well, they, they bring told it back me that the journey's not uh, done. Like, first, just because you walk to one stop and you stop and then go back to work, you know, back home. And then you sometimes come back up to the stump and you're like, hey, I like this stump. I come out. And you sit on the stump and you look out and you're like, there's that view, but it came this stump. Like, to realize that it doesn't go away. We talk sometimes, because I'm fascinated by the fact that, like, getting older and still being in this, like, stopping and starting, like, can't let it go, you know, because it's like part of who you are. It's a $2,500 deductible. But there are things that get me worked up, you know, and it's usually the parts that I don't know. But all parts of it are, you know, make me worked up, but some parts... So I'm then facing I went the discovery. Going to an open mic isn't easy, or going up, going now is easier. Well, the cops weren't there, but, but you can see the, the, the movement and the growth. Can't take a report, Sometimes. You know? I said, well, yeah. I, I, I well, told yeah, them this on 911. I wanted to piece together. You and I are but similar. I think you and I are similar. I value showing up with that. I wish, you know. Then yeah. I, found out I mean, honestly, in some ways, but you and I are both similar in terms of we were at that precipice and then we came, we retreated, went back to it, retreated, went back, back and forth many a time. I've had many incarnations as a comic since uh, since I was twenty years old. You know what I mean? And and each time it was like okay, uh, something something would get in the way or some type of weird obstacle would happen and I would retreat. And it was usually just I never called myself a comic. Information from okay. Can you send me okay. your I'll go with artists. I tried calling myself a performer. Okay. It doesn't matter. Well, I, don't I don't think it matters. I know. I know, but I mean, but sometimes the words we do call ourselves matters. Sometimes when it matters, I call myself something different. Like someone says, You're this, and then I say, Well, no, this is this. Like, you know, doing like a dark solo show, and they're like, You're doing this show, and I'm like, Well, I'm working on a kid's thing right now. So belittling almost is the thing's happening. trying to show the rhythm of it in terms of doing it for a time and then doing something else for a time and then coming back to it and coming and back and forth and back and forth and it can be you're stronger every time you come back but you also want to have enough strength to propel yourself to that next level and that's where I was always kind of faltering and yeah. I want to address so that. I am trying to address that. As you know, I realized I, this just popped in my brain is I think the most growth that we feel, the, the times where we feel big growth is equal to the amount of uh, gambling, so to speak, that we've had on ourselves and, and stretching to try something new. I feel like that's when we really feel the most growth because we're going, here's that thing way over there. Let's try it. You know, you're stretching out so far and you go, okay, God, and your foot gets on the other side. You go, what, what? You know, and then you can see like just how far you came. lately I'm coming up with, oh, that was easy. Why don't I put all that emphasis on it? You know, just like 
starting to show up to the open mics regularly with a lot of rhythm, reworking, you know, walking back into, you know, a fourth wall open mic or something. I was like, oh, that was, that was easy. I put really put too much emphasis on that. I, what, what the hell was I so worried about? Shit. You know. <laughs> Move on. You know, it, it turns into that. And I need, you know, I, I, I want more of that. I want more of that, that strength. I need that strength to really kick in. When I feel that, like, the excitement from that stuff comes from that desire to, to be sort of an evil Knievel in that arena. You know, to, to willing to, be, like, really take that risk and test it out. Well, you, you and I have talked the evil Knievel philosophy. Yeah. You know, this is a guy who jumped the Snake River in a rocket and failed and still kept going. Yeah. I mean, his best moments were when he broke every bone in his body and failed miserably. There's so much failure of his on tape. That's yeah. what I remember. I don't know if there's a lesson there, but he's still my hero. You know, uh, I remember that. He went for it and he became a legend. Do you ever remember seeing that Operation game, but it was uh, Evil Knievel game? No, I didn't know. And it... It was like in the shape of the operation game, but it was Evil Knievel. And so it showed like little, you know, because you have to take out little pieces. So it was basically reminiscent of all the bones that he had broken in his body. So it's like this arm, you know, however many times, this leg, however many times, his spine, you know, this many times. And it's just, I mean, that, that's just crazy to think that he went for this stuff and he survived. I mean, that's, and he kept coming back. I mean, that's, yeah. To me, I'm kind of inspired by that. It's like, you've, you've perused this territory before, Mr. Knievel. We know what happens, but he didn't, it didn't stop him. You know, whether or not his back was to the wall or he needed money or he's like, fuck it, I don't give a shit, I'm broke. You know, fuck it, he still did it. However you want to look at it. And they just don't build them like that anymore. Well, and the comedy doesn't, isn't that, isn't that painful. Huh? Comedy or doing online performance is not as painful as what Evil Knievel went through either, which is great. <laughs> it's still pretty painful. It's a jump over Mentally the painful? River. It's a jump over the Snake River every time. Okay, so let's say if it's a jump over Snake River every time. Let's say if we were to define the idea of being on stage um, as just the pure pleasure in just being on the stage rather than the the laugh... Because a lot of times there's an emphasis put on that laugh. If we don't get those laughs, like, oh, my God, they hate me. You know, then people feel really bad. Um, what if... Uh, oh, I'm good. Thank you, Ashley. Do you want to take the cup? Oh, uh, can I have some more coffee? Yeah, I'll make it. Thank you. No, that's you making Yeah, okay. Do you want more now that we're making it? But if we take off that emphasis, then, then it's even easier to, to, to create what we're creating. Do you feel that? that yeah, I, I mean... The less pressure I have, the more relaxed I am, I'll do better. Something about just like, ah, I'll just fucking throw this, throw this one out and just do it. But there's also, if you're too casual, you can fuck up. You can forget lines. You can be too casual on stage. I've had that happen. So there's, there's, it's always a tightrope in terms of, all right, I want it tight, but not too tight, and loose, but not too loose. You know the the headspace that I was in at Sunspace. It was beforehand. I was like really uncomfortable. You know, and I was like, I'm not sure how this is gonna go over. I haven't done this in 13 years. No one here knows me. You know, it's a foreign crowd, but it's not. You know, it's there was a lot going on in my head. And you know, you and I have had this discussion in terms of Bobby Deerfield is not me. You know what I mean? I try to play it like 
that's my friend or client or I'm his manager. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I do try to keep that separation because I feel like that plays into it and that's important just yeah. for the character and to yeah. show respect for Bobby. I really, it's kind of fucking nuts because I realize, yes, there sounds like a schizophrenic side to it, but not really. It's just like the way an actor is carrying over his character. You, know, you always hear those stories of actors who are very protective over their work and their art and they're, they're, very, they're stickler about it like, ah, I don't so I was like <laughs> I made this deal with myself before I was going on and I was like just be you Craig just be like you're, you're the stage manager guy for Bobby just be cool and just have the gear set up like be act like a roadie you know what I mean so I set all the gear up and all that I, was like, I love it yeah and, I was, and the deal I made was I was like alright I'm gonna walk out and then I'm gonna put the hat and glasses on and once those hat and glasses on, I'm fucking Bobby. You know, that's, that's how it works. And, and once that happens, do you feel that it gave you a lot more freedom to just be completely focused in what he, his mind was? I, it got really intense, really fast. And I knew, like, all right, I don't know if I can hold on to this for too long. So, so I put the hat and glasses on, like, right before I got on stage. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, here we go. And I'm still me. I'm cool. And I'm not a dick or nothing like that. I'm like, where am I? You know, no, I'm not. I'm, but where am I? Yeah, I'm sharp. I'm, I'm yeah. okay. But I'm somewhere else. And I'm, Craig Spivak is safe. But I'm not, no, I, I can't. I gotta drive tonight. Oh, that's good stuff. Did you try the yet? No, I have not yet. It's delicious. But I might put some in my coffee. Yeah, you know, Can we take a sip of that? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you can't, <laughs> I mean, it's this? frozen, but that one has been in the refrigerator. Yeah, I, I don't but want to drive. Is that rum in there? Yes. That's delicious. Yeah, then you feel the oh, my God. Is there any of that left? You Can I have the, it? That is like delicious. You get the stress. That's I'll delicious. You only drank from it a little bit. No, yeah, she, 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 she's sad about it. No, I'll take it. Right now, it's just not my... Can I... This was mine. Yeah, take it. But, um, Rumpa pum pum. Rumpa pum pum. Yeah, so. Eggnog in my rum. Ooh, the eggnog in I got on stage and I fucking was somewhere else. Thank you. It wasn't me, that was Craig. You could have totally, I mean, seriously, you could do an audio book of that. You know, you just have a night of just sending the foam around and you record the audio. No, we could record that here. We could do that easy here. Yeah, absolutely. Big ass boom mic or something. But that was a good one. Like, I feel like there's repeats of that I need to work on. Like, there's some well, redundancy. If you want a story edited a little bit, that's fine, but it's, I thought it was just perfect. Was that your favorite one? I think I like dragons better. Yeah, dragon, dragon. I like the character I created. Yeah, just imagine like this this guy who's just, he's always dragging the dragons around. That was my Dante chain. I know, I know. Because you never think about those jobs when it comes to, like, fantasy type stuff. Like, the people who have to, like, okay, someone just killed a dragon. Someone's got to take that someplace. It's a job. Someone's got to drive it. Yeah, no. Okay, great. Well, Bradley could take it. Bradley, what's his tech availability? Well, you know, you have money in escrow. That's all I got, Cody. Ladies and gentlemen, we will talk more, even more later, about other things. What they care about is how much money you have in escrow. Um, for you to listen to, believe it or not.